Um, oh, I will start off this podcast by saying that my husband listened to our last podcast of our top summer movies. As, yeah. And he came up to me and said, wow, Anne has really bad taste in movies. <gasps> Camp doesn't know what he's talking about, okay? My list was very good. Yeah. And I stand by it. Um, here we are. It is another podcast. This is That's Outrageous. And I'm Chrissy. And I'm Anne. And this is the podcast where we discuss all the outrageous things you might have missed this week, plus a movie of Anne's choosing <laughs> that I, of course, always, almost always found outrageous in one way or another. <laughs> yeah. And, and this week proves to be no exception. I mean... Christ's sake. And we also have my mom, Bev, sitting um, beside me, but she, she doesn't want to speak. <laughs> Listen, Bev's got to get on. The public wants Bev. Yeah. I know. Oh, look, she's really, she's taking a, a, a vow of silence here. Yeah, she's just observing. She's auditing, auditing the class. Okay, auditing the class. All right. Well, Anne, we're going to start with, uh, you were very busy gathering some news this week, which was great. And again, I don't remember any of the things I sent, so <laughs> this will be a nice surprise. All right. Well, we'll start with this story that I say, this guy must have been nuts. Ah. Uh, yes, because a California man has been arrested for allegedly stealing 42,000 pounds of pistachios. <sighs> I mean, pistachios are delicious and expensive. Yeah. How much do you think 42,000 42, pounds of pistachios are valued at? $42 million. <laughs> <laughs> pistachios are expensive, especially if you get them out of the shell. I mean, forget about it. Yes. Well, this, this I was surprised. 42,000 pounds of pistachios valued at over $100,000. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of money. It's a lot. And they're yeah. so good. Oh, they're delicious. How did he manage to do that, though? That's a lot of nuts. Yeah, well, he was a trucker um, for a pistachio company. <laughs> and he said, I'm just taking, that, that, that's it, this haul's coming home with me? Pretty much. Um, the the Touchtone Pistachio Company, which is located in California, contacted law enforcement last week after discovering 21 tons of pistachios had gone missing from their lot. Um an investigation led to a nearby trailer where the stolen nuts had been moved. <laughs> the nuts, originally stored in 2,000-pound sacks, first of all, that, that's heavy. Yeah. Have, had been moved to smaller bags, apparently to be resold. So there's a pistachio black market. I guess so. I guess there, it actually says there's a lucrative underground market for stolen nuts. <laughs> I'm telling you, I bet. I bet there's like restaurants, pe like people who need a lot of nuts, but they're so expensive. I, yeah, I, I guess so. Um, Where is this trailer? I'll go. Yeah. It's, what's, it's, it, how, in, what's he selling? Price per pound. Tular County in California. Uh, anyway, a trucker has been arrested and, and booked in connection with the incident. Wow. That's a tough one when you're in prison because they're like, what are you in for? And <laughs> like, nuts. <laughs> 
I stole a I lot just, of pistachio I just stole, nuts. I just stole a lot of nuts and then got caught. <laughs> it's not the obvious choice. No. No. It's not the obvious choice. But I get it. Look. Can't stop eating those nuts, those pistachios. No, they're so delicious. No. Ro- roasted and salted. Oh, good Lord. All right. Well, let's stay on the, on the food, the food uh, trail. Why not? Yeah. This one is about a man who once downed a dozen energy drinks per day. Oh my God. Yeah. Is warning parents to be sure their children avoid the dangerous beverages. Um, A dozen energy drinks. That's like, I can't imagine how much caffeine that is. Well, you want to know something crazy? Here's another story. Last weekend, um, my brother-in-law ha- was drinking an energy drink in the car and it exploded all over his, um, you know, car mats. So when they got to our house, they took the car mat out and like put it on our lawn and whatever, rinsed it off. Yeah. And left it there while they were here. Then this week, I'm not even kidding, where the energy drink was on the lawn, the lawn turned yellow. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, so there's we some like, weird things inside of those drinks. Yeah, for the lawn to turn yellow with one drink on it, that's like, what is that doing to the inside of your body? Well, they say that about like a, a lot of soda, like Coke, like it's like pour it over a rusted something and it gets the rust off. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, although I do love a, a Coke here and there, but that's really bad. Yeah. Well, this guy used to consume eight to 12 energy drinks per day. That's deranged. Yes. And after a year, he suffered a near near fatal heart attack. I'm surprised it didn't kill him after a week. That's, yes, that's a lot. And now he's very upset because he discovered that his daughter, who's 10, managed to purchase an energy drink at a convenience store next to her elementary school. So he is trying this campaign to get energy drinks away, completely away from all schools. So his concern is that children are drinking these drinks. Yes, that's his whole thing. His whole thing now is, you know, obviously the drinks are legal, but he wants to keep them out of schools or in the vicinity of schools. Or maybe don't drink 12 a day, sir. (laughs) Maybe drink one a day and you'll, it's not great, but you'll be fine. Yeah, well, he- I I think he's missing the headline, which is you don't consume what I imagine to be at least a gallon of energy drink a day. Yeah. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah. Well, he says parents and kids aren't well educated in the negative impact of energy drinks. So this is now his cause. (laughs) Well, you know, there's worse causes to have, I guess. No, I think, yes, listen, I think he said when he was in the hospital after his heart attack, the doctor told him the energy drink consumption was the cause. And up until then, he didn't think there was anything wrong with drinking them. Well, the, this guy's an idiot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, he is. He's an idiot. If you don't think there's obvious, I mean, he must have felt, he must have been wired Yeah. 24 hours a day. Like, I'm sure he didn't sleep. I mean, you can't, I don't know how you can function with that much caffeine and whatever else they have in there, like coursing through your system. No, I agree. I agree. And but- the fact that he doesn't didn't think that it would have any sort of, physical ramifications is wild yeah well he's now it's become his cause and by the way his daughter i'm sure saw him drinking a dozen a day and said maybe i should try this dad seems to like him until it landed it in the the hospital yeah 
Yes. And here's a shocking statement from the American Heart Association. Uh, just one drink is enough to bring on heart arrhythmia. <laughs> Brother. He's lucky he didn't die. That's serious. Yeah. No, I know. It's crazy. Crazy. So dump that energy drink. Yeah. Get it? The old-fashioned way. Cocaine. Well, actually, it also says that these drinks are gateways to cocaine. <laughs> I was going to say, just do some cocaine. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, jeez. People like that. People also used to drink, like, um, Mountain Dew. I guess, yeah. I mean, Mountain Dew, I guess, essentially is like an energy drink, isn't it? I mean, I can't drink that. It's disgusting. But no. it's the same thing. I mean, it's caffeinated, you know whatever yeah. yeah or like red bull or something mm -hmm. red bull's so gross yeah i don't drink any of that stuff me either chrissy me either. um all right and i don't know i was seeing this story all week on the news and now it seems to have a bit of a happy ending um i don't know if you saw on the news that um 40 cows back also in california 40 cows in California had escaped from a slaughterhouse. No, I didn't see that. That makes me sad. Yeah. So I mean, I'm they, glad they escaped. They escaped, but then they were in like neighborhoods and like people were out trying to like lasso these cows. <laughs> oh yeah. I remember I'm supposed to learn how to lasso this year. That's on your to-do list? Yeah. to learn how to lasso after the guy who did who did some story about a guy lassoing um those lasso snakes yeah well these people were like just regular people in a suburban neighborhood trying to lasso huge cows like they're big yeah one police officer got like actually seriously hurt because the cow <laughs> trampled him i didn't laugh but that is funny no i know but um so so I actually saw this for a few days because the cows got loose on Tuesday night and it was this big hunt to get them all back and all but one uh, had been recaptured by Wednesday morning um, and then it took another day for the last cow which was found five miles away uh, to be to be captured but then now this is like something so crazy uh, famous songwriter diane warren oh yeah many she's hit songs. oh she's yeah. written so many hits yeah she came forward she's a vegetarian she came forward and offered to pay to have the cow transferred to an animal sanctuary instead of going back to the slaughterhouse oh yes and now because of diane warren um the city manager of the city where the slaughterhouse is was talking to the Manning Beef Company about finding sanctuary homes for the rest of the escaped cows. I love that. Yes, gosh. Well, that's the whole thing. It's like you want to capture these cows, but you know what you're, they're running from. Yeah, and they know what they're running from. And they know what they're running from. It's like the Hunger Games or something. It really Literally. is. Literally. Like, People were so happy that they were like captured. I mean, they were so happy that they were caught, like so that they're not running wild. But I'm like, well, what? That's not a good thing. No. But Diane Warren steps in. Good for her. That's nice. I'm try. I'm trying to not eat much beef these days. That's good. It's well. It's also supposed to be better for the environment. Oh yeah. Things. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm. We're going down the pescatarian route. Oh, that's good. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I applaud that. Yeah. I just really like a burger. I like a burger here and there, but like one, I could do, I could have a burger like once a year, probably and be fine. Listen, you, you start lassoing. That's right. I, I, if I learn how to lasso, no more cows for me. How about that? <laughs> Your only interesting cows will be the last of them. Yeah. I'll be like, you guys, I'm not bringing you to the slaughterhouse. Just let me practice on you real quick. I would. And then, and then the cow takes off and drags you several <laughs> feet. There's no way you win that fight. And then I'm taking that cow right to the slaughterhouse. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding, Cal. I yeah, won't. Just kidding. All right, Anne. And our last story. You know, we've had a lot of lottery stories uh, in this past. Almost we have. Year. Yeah. Yeah. So here's a new one. This one. Well, and I think we've talked about this. How like sometimes when you win the lottery, you don't want people to know that you won. Yeah, I would want to be fully anonymous. Yeah. So this happened, uh, I believe, in uh, in Jamaica. A guy won the lottery, and he came to claim his prize fully dressed up as in the in the scream outfit <laughs> full head to toe even hands that is hands in gloves the best thing i've ever heard yes bravo bravo sir yeah he won 1.2 million dollars okay and he did not want to show his face <laughs> it took him 54 days to claim the ticket and there's a 90 day deadline so i guess he was really trying to figure out how he was going to do it yeah Boy, did he figure it out. Yeah, he said he actually fell ill after realizing he won. He said, my head hurt me for three days because I was thinking so much. <laughs> he had a bellyache for two weeks. It's not even that much money after taxes. I mean, it's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. I'll take it, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he didn't reveal much personal information, but he did say he was going to invest the money in a house. All right. I love that. That is hilarious. And the fact oh, yeah. that he chose Scream and like, I would, that would be my first question to him. Why Scream? Why not Michael Myers or Freddie? Yeah. Well, maybe that was the costume that he could get the most coverage out of. I don't know. <laughs> True. Had to... Yeah. But there yeah. is like, there's the classic picture with the big check and the, <laughs> you know, the lottery officials and he's in the middle in his Scream outfit. That's, the, that's my favorite thing. <laughs> I think that's my favorite thing. I'm just that visual is in my head and it's very funny. <laughs> it is. It's good, <laughs> good for him. I hope that he has that money and spends it well. 1.2 million. Good for you. I say good for you too. All right, Anne. And now this week we watched the film Clifford. Mm -hmm. Not to be confused, which is what I thought I was watching with Clifford the Big Red Dog. No. Yeah. This is a movie... Well, here's a fun fact about the movie before we get into it. The movie was shot in 1990, but not released until 1994. The world wasn't ready for it. Well, apparently its, it's company, Orion, was going through bankruptcy. Oh, and so right. it actually, they filmed the majority of the movie in 1990. Then they had to do pickup scenes in 1993, and it was finally released in 1994. Which um, I thought before I knew better that it was because it was so bad <gasps> that they didn't want to release it. Chrissy? I know. How dare you? I know. It's a great cast, I will say. Martin Short, Charles Grodin, Mary Steenburgen, Dabney Coleman. Yeah, it's an all-star cast. It is. And then, well... The plot of the movie is that Martin Short, who at the time was 37, yeah, 
plays a 10-year-old boy named Clifford. <laughs> yeah. Who is desperate to go to a theme park in California called Dinosaur World. Yes. He and his parents, his father is played by Richard Kind. Richard Kind, who's a delight. Yes. Are on a plane heading to Hawaii because Richard Kind has a work, a very important work conference there. And so uh, young Clifford realizes that they're going to fly over California and can't they stop in LA so that he can go to Dinosaur World? And they're like, no, we're going to Hawaii. So Clifford causes the plane to have an emergency landing in LA. Yeah. The whole plane, the whole plane is like almost in a tailspin because of Clifford. Mm -hmm. They land in LA. He calls, um, Richard Kind calls his brother, played by Charles Grodin, who he hasn't seen in, in almost 10 years because the last time he saw Clifford was at his christening. And says, would you mind taking Clifford to Dinosaur World while we go on to Hawaii? He has like no hope that his brother's going to say yes. Right. But unbeknownst to him, Charles Grodin is dating Mary Steenburgen. She very much wants to have children and she's on the verge of breaking up with him because she's convinced that he has no interest in children. Yes. And he says, no, wait, my nephew is going to come spend a week with us because I love him so much. So he goes and he gets young Clifford. And for whatever reasons that they came up with, he cannot immediately take him to Dinosaur World. And so uh, Clifford starts a campaign to essentially ruin his uncle's life in every <laughs> single facet. Yes, that's correct. Um, I'm just going to say that Clifford is one of my favorite movies. Okay. Of all time. That's okay. And <laughs> I think I mentioned before that Martin Short's my favorite person, favorite entertainer, period, of all yeah. time. He's my favorite. He's great. And I love Charles Grodin. Yes. And what made me even think of this is because Charles Grodin recently died. Yes. And I was happy you know, Chrissy, that Clifford is a cult classic. Yes. I thought everybody knew about Clifford. And the people who love it, love it. Like there was a podcast that I listened to called Double Threat. They they managed to get Martin Short to come on and they talked about Clifford. We have not been able to book Martin Short just yet. No. But um, it's, no. I am maybe in a minority, but it is a wonderful minority in loving the movie Clifford. Well, yes, I will say when I started watching the movie, there was this prelude that did in fact call it a cult classic. And I do love Martin Short. I'm kind of curious what Martin Short thought about this movie. He loves it. He loves it. Everybody loves it. Oh, well, I've read some other things that, that might dispute that. But here's the thing. Martin Short is playing a 10-year-old boy. Yes. It, there's a lot of very creepy things about that. It's hilarious. The fact that you're even trying to make this ra somehow rational, I think, is your problem. Because there's nothing rational. About it. it's, you have to just let it go. That's the... Let it go. He let it go. Yeah. My mom watched it. My mom was dying laughing. Bev, didn't you love it? I loved it. My, my mother loved it. Bev, what, what? All right, let me ask this. Did you not find anything creepy about Martin Short playing the 10-year-old boy? Well, it was creepy, but it was funny. <laughs> I don't think there's ever anything creepy about Martin Short, ever. 
Well, here's the thing. I'll say this. He, as a 10-year-old boy, seems to have a crush on his uncle's girlfriend, Mary Steenburgen. And so I did read that the actors, whenever they're in a scene with him, they're standing on boxes so that they can have more of a height difference. Yeah. So here's Martin Short, like, shoulder height at Mary Steenburgen, but it's like, he's like, but he's a grown man, like, looking at her with, with romantic intent Chrissy it's all very disturbing it's not real this isn't this is this is it's it's a comedy yeah I get that you're telling me you didn't laugh at all there's nothing about this movie that was funny to you I did laugh near the end when Charles Grodin was literally screaming at him (laughs) Clifford has one of my favorite literally one of my favorite lines of any movie in the world truly there's a lot my i mean there's like i think it's one of the top five lines in any movie of all time what is it when he's trying to reason with clifford after um you know he's had him arrested and he's done a lot of things to him and he yells at him look at me like a human boy (laughs) that's my favorite line look at me like a human boy (laughs) there's that there's here's looking at you kid We, we gotta need we, got, we need a bigger boat and, and look at me like a human boy. Those are the best. Well, here's the thing. Okay, so he does, Clifford is, he's a sociopath, yeah. essentially. He's a, a true sociopath. And he has his little um, dinosaur, and how Charles Gordon always says dinosaur, how he says dinosaur world. But he has his little um, dinosaur named Stefan. <laughs> He's always blaming everything on Stefan. Yeah. Well, in the course of the movie, just to sort of give you a hint of the things that he does, the first thing he does to his uncle is he edits together audio from his uncle to make it sound like he's calling in a bomb threat. Yeah. He's a genius, Clifford. Well, he is a genius. Yeah. But he's crazy. He's diabolical. Yeah. And his uncle gets arrested. Yeah. For calling in a bomb threat at a party given by his uh, girlfriend's parents, who aren't that fond of him to start with. Then he fakes that he's getting on a train to San Francisco. So Charles Grodin follows him to San Francisco. While he's gone, he throws an insane party at his <laughs> uncle's house. Yeah. And he somehow, I mean, I guess he didn't really, but he was able to make sure that Charles Grodin saw his girlfriend with her boss and the boss is making unwelcome advances. Yeah, Dabney Coleman. Charles Grodin in this movie is so funny to me. Like, it makes me cry laughing. Then he causes, then he, he actually, Clifford actually creates like a mini bomb that his uncle accidentally sets off at this big, important press conference about this city project he's working on, and he gets fired. I mean, look, Chrissy, the entire city of Los Angeles is depending on Charles Gordon for public transportation. <laughs> he makes that very clear. And Clifford is, you know, sabotaging him because he didn't take him to Dinosaur World. That was, he promised, and then he didn't follow through. Yes. He didn't follow through. And that's the whole reason why he is single-handedly trying to ruin his life. Every aspect of his life. That's right. And you know what's also very funny? And a lot of people have pointed this out before. There's a whole part in the movie 
where they keep referencing the fact that Dabney Coleman wears a really bad toupee. Yes. And they keep talking about the wig. But meanwhile, Charles Gordon is also wearing a very bad toupee. And <laughs> it's very funny. It's like his is probably worse. Gordon's. I thought Dabney Coleman looked good in this movie. He looked great. Yeah. He didn't play the best of characters, but. No, he always plays the creep boss. That's like his forte. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, They're like, get get Coleman on the line. We got a part where he's going to hit on hit on someone who works for him. Where he's going to be a terrible person. Yeah. yeah, so so in the end, Charles Grodin, who has literally nothing left, he's basically lost his girlfriend, he's lost his job, his house is trash, like, uh, he's like, fine, we're going to go to Dinosaur World now. And he takes him there after hours, and he uh, puts him on a ride, and just maniacally, at this point, Charles Grodin is really kind of cracked. Yeah. And he forces him on this ride. Somehow he's able to manipulate the ride to go at an excessive speed to the point where the whole ride implodes. That ride looks fun. It didn't look like a bad ride. I was like, Larry the scary T-Rex. Yeah, but I don't think anyone has the ability to speed up a ride. I don't think that's like a thing. He created the ride. He knows how to do it. Yeah. Well, and then the whole thing like comes crashing down and, and then Clifford actually is in peril. He could actually be physically harmed and Charles Grodin sort of debates whether or not he's going to help him. <laughs> I know, that's why my mom, my mom goes, that was kind of disturbing that he, what'd you, what'd you say, mom? And we're like, oh, I don't know about that part. Yeah, that's true. You had to give it a lot of thought. <laughs> that, wait, let me just say, none of the like crazy, insane things that Clifford does to his uncle cause pause, but when he's just like, I don't know if I'm going to help him. Yeah. She goes, well, that, that was, I don't know why he was, he was hesitating. I would have, I literally would have thrown him into the dinosaur's mouth myself. <laughs> he was such a horrible, horrible child. Yeah. Who's not a child who was a 37 year old. <laughs> man. The fact that you're saying that is very funny. And yet you, you seem to think that's a detriment. It's very disturbing to watch him. I, it, and then the other disturbing thing is, oh, I meant to look this up, but I didn't, but I'm fairly confident. So when they, so when this movie came out in 1994, so, th yeah. so the movie is bookended with, with future Clifford. Yes. Now he's like 70 or 80 or something. And he's a priest. Yeah. The beginning where the stuff kept falling on his head. You didn't laugh at that? No. <laughs> you didn't laugh. I will cry laughing every oh. time every time well, well let me just say from the get-go so he's a priest at this boy's home yes and this boy is literally trying to escape My little it's little fred savage little fred little savage. baby fred savage yes little fred savage is trying to escape from this house from this home for boys and martin short is the priest who oversees it and that immediately, listen, I'm sure in 1994, none of this Catholic church stuff was going on, but I was like, as soon as that happened, I'm like, I'm so creeped out already. Like this priest. You is, have some, I don't know. Uh, you, it's a comedy starring Martin Short as a 10 year old boy. Like there is nothing nefarious about this. And the fact that you're, you're insinuating yeah. <laughs> child abuse, I find very upsetting. He, do, he does lasso the boy. He does. Oh my God, lasso again, it's a sign. 
It's a sign. I need to learn. However, it was going on in 1994. It's been going on since the church started. 94. Oh, no, no. I know it was going on. I don't know if everyone knew it was going on in 94. Yeah. Like when the, I don't, I don't remember when the whole press story broke about the Catholic church and everything went, I feel like that was much later. It was. The fact that you're even linking this. Yes. Is wild. I'm sorry. Anytime I see a priest and a young boy who's trying to escape from the priest, essentially, I'm like this. And then it's like a child's lasso. (laughs) And then he lassos the child. Because he was trying to teach him that, you know, he as a little boy was just as bad and he redeemed himself. He was much worse than that kid. That kid yeah. didn't do anything nearly as bad as he, he did. Blew up, he said he blew up the gym. Listen, he didn't single-handedly set out to destroy his uncle's life. That's true. <laughs> well, let me just say this, Anne. I was looking up some facts. The writers of the film were so embarrassed by the final cut that they used pseudonyms as an on-screen credit. I don't know why. I bet you. Th- I'll bet you they regret that right now because people love the movie so much now um maybe maybe uh siskel and ebert at the time yeah i used to watch siskel and ebert every week yes well it made their list of the worst of 1994 and oh let me say this and they properly trashed the film and stated that martin short looked creepy playing a 10 year old boy okay that again in 1994 i, I think i did see it in 1994 by the way and liked it then but it didn't People didn't, the, the world wasn't ready for Clifford in 1994. Okay. And then it slowly became like something that was on, you know, cable and people started watching it. And now it's, everybody loves it. Yeah. He always liked to make these sweeping statements about everybody <laughs> loving things. <laughs> By everybody, I mean me and many others, luminaries. You and your mom. Me, my mom. If Look, my mom doesn't like anything and she was laughing at Clifford true (laughs) (laughs) and it ended and she was like that was funny I like that mom what do you think is the positive impact of Clifford no matter what redemption can come and at the very end at the wedding he was waiting for that kiss from his uncle his uncle gave him that kiss and it transformed a very troubled boy. <laughs> Let me say this. I just saw Martin Short on one of Conan O'Brien's last broadcasts. As did I. And he was hysterically funny. Yeah, he's the fucking best. He's hysterically funny. This movie was not showcasing him in his greatest light. I strongly disagree. I found, well, he played a very unlikable character. I guess so. I mean, yes, the whole thing is ridiculous. It is. I mean, the, the entire premise is ridiculous, but I think they're so funny together. This is, you're trying to apply logic to something that has no logic. Here's what I'll say. This has just occurred to me. It's just occurred to you? Okay. Yes, because I was thinking about this. Okay. The whole, okay, so the whole premise is that Martin Short is torturing 
Charles Grodin, essentially. Yeah. And Charles Grodin is like slowly losing his mind and he gets madder and madder and it's hilarious. As, as you would. I will compare that to another Charles Grodin film, Midnight Run, where yeah. the roles are switched. He is literally driving Robert De Niro crazy. Yeah. But that movie's funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. And I, this one is everything Grodin is hilarious. Yeah, but this one is not funny. I mean, I don't, I don't agree. I think when he's, maybe it's because I'm going to still be hung up You're on the fact that he's, you did not laugh one time. The scene where he's yelling at Clifford and telling him to look at him like a human boy. You did not think that was funny when he's so I, mad. I, <laughs> I, I laughed. Uh, right. I did laugh near the end when he's like going crazy on him because I would say the man has the patience of a saint. The whole, this is the other yeah. thing. They have this whole Mary Steenburgen character because she never sees all the terrible things that Martin Short is doing. Right. She all, and then he lies to her and manipulates her. So she keeps thinking that um, the Charles Grodin character is so horrible. And this is her boyfriend. So I guess they, 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 they need that character. Otherwise, this would never... I mean, he would have throttled the kid in the first scene and then it would have been over, but he's still trying to keep up good appearances with Mary Steenburgen because he loves her and he wants to marry her and she sees this as a, a, a huge character flaw. Yeah, because he buys a bachelor pad. Because he buys a bachelor pad. And also, every time she walks in, he, in, in one scene, he's hitting Martin Short with a... A baguette. <laughs> it's very funny. And she, and then he has to try to pretend, you know, that he's teaching him how to hit a wiffle ball or some ridiculous thing. <laughs> yeah. Everything you're describing is hilarious. It sounds, but when you watch it, I just didn't, I was like, I just felt, the whole thing is I felt so bad for Charles Grodin. I couldn't really see the humor oh in it. You didn't, this is shocking to me. I thought first, I didn't think you would love it, but I thought that you would have found it like kind of fun. I was so disturbed. I, I don't disturbed. even. I mean, I that's just such kept a looking at Martin Short. I kept looking at Martin Short and being like, this is so creepy. It was just so creepy. Wow. I'm with Roger Ebert. May he rest in peace. <laughs> I think that if Siskel and Ebert had to watch it again, they would give it thumbs up. It's a bold statement, Anna. I know. I, I think it's true, though. It's a bold statement. Well, I'm sorry that I just can't... Uh, can't I mean, it's it. one thing to not find it funny, but for it to be disturbing is like... That's a, whole, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Well, you know, when it ended... All right, well, I'll say this. So in the end, he's, you know, back to being the priest and he's telling young um, Savage what, uh, you know, how this whole thing ended for him. Yeah. And that he wrote, I believe he said something like 287 letters of apology mm -hmm. to his uncle that just got returned unopened. But then somehow Sarah, who's Mary Steenburgen, called him one day and said he, they wanted him to be the ring bearer at their wedding. Right. And somehow all was magically forgiven. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, the, the most shocking part of the whole movie. Yeah. And yeah. that she decided to still marry Charles Grodin. 
Yes, I'm glad she still decided to marry Charles Grodin because none of this was his fault. He was a good guy. <laughs> but why, after 287 letters, one phone call just changes everything? I don't know. That's, that's what a good guy he was. He was able to forgive his horrible nephew. I can't believe I can't believe I'm I'm very surprised. I really thought that you would th- thought it was okay. The other thing about this movie that I will say stretched the bounds of reality oh was that when God. this kid starts behaving so poorly, at no point does Charles Grodin call his brother and be like, "You've got to come back because your son is Satan incarnate." Right, but again, this is. <laughs> <laughs> This is a comedy where the stakes get higher. And um, I don't think that would have served the story, as they say. I guess. He did start, at the end, he was calling him Hitler, which... Yeah. (laughs) The movie is hilarious. And the dialogue is hilarious. And Martin Short is genius. And so is Charles Gordon. That's it. That's it. Well, listen, Anne, I, I can't, I can't, 100% disagree because there was someone other than you that was claiming that it was a cult classic. So obviously it does have an audience of people who applaud a sociopath. Yeah. When Charles Gordon died, I I posted that scene about human boy because it's my favorite. And apparently he ad-libbed that line, Gordon. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, Charles Gordon was a wonderful uh, actor. The best. He was very funny. He was very funny. Love him. Unfortunately, somehow he and Martin Short got hoodwinked into this film. And I am so thankful they did because it's one of my favorite movies. It's one of my favorite things in the world. My favorite Martin Short thing is an HBO special he did in the 80s called I, Martin Short Goes Hollywood. I still have it on VHS. You can't find it anywhere. So I got it digitized to a DVD. And I mean, I quote it probably daily. Yeah, he's very, he's very, very funny. He's very, very funny. He's the best. Yeah. All right. A ray, so I, a ray of sunshine in this dark world. Yes, he is. I think he's a, I think he's very, very, very. Well, and funny, and, and oh, here's something interesting. Um, <laughs> because this was filmed, you know, so much earlier and then released, that year, um, Martin Short had four films come out in one year. Oh, what else? 94. Uh he was in something i don't know what this movie is pure luck oh yeah pure luck that's the one with danny glover okay uh he was in father of the bride which actually is a good movie yes Bronk. Bronk. he was great uh captain ron <gasps> i love captain ron you would hate it i love it i actually think camp liked that one captain ron's best kurt russell kurt russell yeah um and this is sort of ironic. He was also in a movie that year called We're Back, A Dinosaur Story. What's that? Is that like a animated movie or something? I, yeah, maybe. Oh, I don't know that one. I'll have to investigate. I thought I knew the entire short catalog. Yeah, but it is interesting that um, in this film, he was obsessed with dinosaurs and then he was in a film. <laughs> I mean, the fact that he has a, the, the dinosaur's name is Stefan is hilarious. I, I, I just don't even know how his parents ever lived with him for 
even well, 10, 10 years. The mother's always drinking. Richard Kind is like losing his mind. Yeah. Oh, and he has Stefan. He's like, are you out of your tree, sir? Stefan. Oh, yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. There's a lot. At one point, Charles Gordon takes Stefan from him, puts him <laughs> in his pocket, and then Martin Short <laughs> hugs him. He thinks, oh, he's finally like coming around but it was really just to get the dinosaur out of charles Grodin's pocket he's like don't <laughs> that whole series like don't even look at it yeah <laughs> i mean it's so funny <laughs> i mean i when i say i laugh out loud like i will be crying laughing out loud through the whole movie and i i maybe we need to do a separate podcast with your mom about your childhood i don't know what happened to you <laughs> all right Anne. well i mean I know we don't even really have to ask this, but I will. Is this a Muldoon or a Muldoon? This is a Muldoon times a million. Yeah. What about you, Mom? Well, not times a million, but yeah, I'd give it. You give it a Muldoon? I would. Beverly Morris gives it a Muldoon. Okay. Okay. That's two Muldoons. And I am going to say uh, it's a definite Muldoon. <gasps> And I will just note, even though we always discount this, he it got a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. You know I don't believe in Rotten Tomatoes. I know you don't. I, I, I just felt the need to... Beat it, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Well, there's a website called Fanboy Nation that says, that's not rotten. Clifford practically defines cult comedy. I agree with that assessment. Uh, yes, it says... Uh, it's built on a weird foundation that will naturally naturally repel a certain segment of the population. That would be me. Repel. Yeah, well, this person says it's a woefully underrated cult comedy. Yeah. Maybe you have to be in a cult to like it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, all right. Well... All right, Anne, I think that wraps it up for us this week. Yeah. Maybe I'll watch Clifford again, Chrissy. Oh, and I will tell you also, they ran it on Turner Classic Movies because they did a retrospective of like Martin Short stuff and they had a little interview with him from the TCM Film Festival. And I mean, if Turner Classic Movies is running it, I think it says something. Yes. About, the, about the caliber of film. Uh, yeah, I listen, I think, uh, you know, everyone has different tastes and clearly um, some people respond to this film and others don't. That's right. Including the writers of the film. Show yourselves, writers. Show yourselves in your screen mask. Yeah. Um, all right, Anne. Well, until next week, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, rate and review yes please someone <laughs> i mentioned how much you love clifford in the review <laughs> yes please please do please do somebody um, although that might undermine our uh, <laughs> or will it or will it or it could turn you're gonna be shocked when you see how many people say they like clifford you're gonna be wait just wait you thought grease 2 was shocking the blowback on grease 2 you just wait okay Here's what I'll say, Anne. If one person who is not blood-related to you or Stevie <laughs> says that they like this film, I, I will buy you an energy drink. Wow. 
I know. No, I'll buy you a matcha. I know that's what you really yeah, want. I'll take a matcha. You'll take a matcha. Deal. <laughs> Deal. Back to our days in the office, we'd be like, I feel like having, I don't know, a matcha? <laughs> yeah, I know you do. You feel like that, you feel like that a lot. Yeah, it's my four o'clock matcha. Let's go spend $5 on a drink. Pick me up. Yeah. Chrissy's like, no, I only have a coupon. I have to walk 14 <laughs> blocks to the nearest Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Do you want to go for that walk? No, I don't. I'll just spend the extra $2. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Funny because it's true. Uh, <laughs> That's the tail of the tape right there. Hurry. I only have two more days to the coupon <laughs> And it's supposed to rain tomorrow, so we should go today. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so true. It's yeah. so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Anne. Until next time. Until next time. Au revoir. I'll just my, my, my body.